Welcome back to Here's the Deal, everyone. I am your host, Kylie Larson, and today we are talking to my friend, J.K. McLeod. J.K. is a performance training coach who builds training programs based on clients' lifestyles. So we're talking all about a sustainable training program. The first thing you need to look at is... What is your life like right now? What can you actually do? And then he also talks about your training program being trackable, engaging, and periodized. So these last two episodes, we're talking a lot about training. But then, of course, it would not be here's the deal if we did not talk about mindset. So JK gives us his two cents on why mindset is so important and how we have to make adjustments over excuses. And we also talk about consistency. Consistency. So those of you who struggle with consistency, it's not necessarily that you're not consistent. It could just be that you're consistently doing the wrong things. So lots of nuggets in this episode, lots of food for thought. JK was a true joy to have on. I absolutely love his energy and his perspective. And I hope you guys love JK just as much as I did. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We are talking to J.K. McLeod today, and it is so interesting how J.K. and I are connected, which we'll get into in just a hot second. But before I dive in, uh, J.K., can you introduce yourself to everyone and tell us who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, absolutely. And man, as I was saying, this is this is crazy that we're we're finally getting a chance to talk face to face. My name is J.K. McLeod. I am a uh, performance coach, so I focus specifically on training, building programs for people, and my focus is building programs, training programs for folks based on their lifestyle, number one, and then kind of peeling back the layer to building programs based on their personality type. So I dig pretty deep into a concept called neurotyping, um, which I'm sure we'll touch on in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but that is that is what I do. Um, I'm a I'm normal dude, uh, married with two kids, and uh, wear a lot of different hats during the day. So uh, and the night. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's me, and that's what I do in a nutshell. Well, and if you're listening and you listen to the episode with Mike Milner, JK works with Mike. He does all the programming for their their program that they run. Um, let's talk about your neurotyping really quickly. Tell yeah. us more about that. Yeah, so man, I could we could do an entire episode just on neurotyping okay. and we probably should narrow it down. So to make it uh, very very simplified and one I would suggest that people go back and listen to the episode that you did with Mike because that will really kind of link a lot of the pieces. Um, long story short, neurotyping is basically the science of understanding your personality. So when people first think like personality, they think like personality tests, right? Like Enneagram and Myers-Briggs and different things like that. And there are certainly some elements that are very similar, but long story short, neurotyping 
gets an understanding for uh, the different neurotransmitters. So identifying how your brain operates, your tendencies, and um, identifying really how you react to stress. And based on getting an understanding of how you react to stress, then we build a, for myself, I build training programs. Mike and his team build nutrition programs and do nutrition coaching based on what we learn about your lifestyle and also your personality type. So one of the, the key things that got me into neurotyping specifically was that I felt like I always had a pretty decent knack for being able to be in tune with people. I have a sales background. Mm -hmm. So I try to really listen to what people are talking about, the thing that's going to benefit them the most. And then I have a passion for training. And what we're able to do is really kind of take all those pieces. And from a training standpoint, the best program typically is the one that you can number one, stick to, and then two, maybe two A, the program that allows you to also recover better so that you can go back and train again. And I think that's a part that tends to be missed when programs are built. So um, neurotyping is not a specific type of training. So it's not specifically bodybuilding. It's not specifically CrossFit. It's not specifically powerlifting. It's kind of a beautiful mix of all of those things. Think of like a DJ who doesn't have one specific style. I did used to DJ too. Uh, <laughs> who doesn't have one specific style, they can adapt based on like the crowd and who's at the party and what time of the night it is and all that stuff. That's how I handle, um, that's how I handle training. And that's what neurotyping is like being able to kind of weave together the best possible mix to give that person the most engaging, uh, engaging time and sustainable result that you can get. Well, and you know, that's really what I appreciate you and what you put out there you are a normal person. And when I say that, what I mean is you are a father, you are a husband, you have a job, you have several jobs. And I, I think that's one thing sometimes missing in our marketplace. We've, and, and this is not to throw shade. It's just, it's hard sometimes I think to see someone who doesn't have a family yet, who doesn't have kids yet. And it's telling you to do all these things, but do they really know what I'm dealing with in my life? And you do, you get it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, my wife might argue that I'm normal, but just kind of <laughs> that's marriage in the way it goes. Right. right. Um, but yeah, I think that what what has definitely been helpful is I, I know who I am mm -hmm. and I know what drives me. And I also understand that not everybody is me. And um, I benefit uh, or I give credit to, you know, my upbringing, I grew up in a lot of different places and you, in order to survive in a lot of different places and be able to survive in cultures, I've lived overseas. I lived in Southeast Asia for five years and I've lived in a bunch of different States. So I, I think just naturally in order to survive, you have to be able to adapt. And in order to adapt, you do well to get an understanding of the culture that you're in and what the kind of the customs are of different people. So it's interesting now being like 40 plus tax, I can go back and I can really get an understanding for, okay, this is what I was meant to do. Yeah. This is what I've basically kind of been preparing for my whole life. And um, even though, you know, I, you touched on that a little bit, like I, I can understand what other people are going through. I understand that. And also I understand that we still are going to have different experiences. So mm -hmm. even though we may match on paper, mm -hmm. like a parent, kids, all that stuff, 
I still understand that there are going to be um, individual things that are going to be different. So there's, there's kind of that happy harmony between the, the two. Yeah. And that's how, to me, that's how you can spot a great coach. <laughs> you sound like an amazing coach. <laughs> well, you talked about, you know, the importance of sustainability and training. Can I stick with this? Can you yeah. just talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, that's actually, uh, I kind of, I have this four, kind of this four part thing that I will talk to folks about when it comes to a question that I'm very commonly asked is, how do I know what training program is going to be best for me? You know, different things like that. And the first, the first letter is S, it's a four part system, S-T-E-P. So the first letter is, is it sustainable? Is it trackable? Is it engaging? And is it periodized? Mm -hmm. So the first thing I ask when it's sustainable, they're like, well, what do you mean sustainable? Like, yeah, it's a, let's throw out a number. It's an eight week program. I can stick to anything for eight weeks. I'm like, cool. How do you feel the next eight weeks after that? Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, you know, I've been doing this modality for years, so I do fine. Um, yeah, I, every now and then, like I do break my leg like three times a year. Mm -hmm. Um, I, my back does chronically hurt, but I can get through the particular program. I'm like, all right, then that's, I don't know that that's necessarily sustainable. So let's first take a look at your life and then let's build the program around what your lifestyle is. So if a program calls for five days a week, being inside the gym for an hour and a half to two hours. Is that something that right now fits into your lifestyle? And routinely I'll hear like, no, it's not, but and I'm like, let, hold on, let's stop there. So I understand and respect and love the fact that you are committed to making this work. What if I were to tell you that there's a better way and we can build a program that works with the time that you are currently making available, that you can be focused. Uh, you're not feeling like you're completely abandoning your kids, like all this other stuff. So the sustainability piece kind of is two prong. It's number one, where are you in life right now? Like what season are you in? Let's build something based on that. And then the other piece being, let's talk about past experience. And if we put it through the sustainability filter, um, something that has really benefited you outside of the gym, is that something that's, that's really worked for you in the past? And then, then we build from there. Hopefully that answered that. Well, it totally answers it. And okay. I want to touch on the, the trackable part. You know, you and I work with very similar people. Um, yeah. yeah. It's the women that, you know, we started doing cardio in, you know, maybe you played a sport or whatever, then you transitioned to cardio and you got stuck on the hamster wheel. And so, and then you went to like group classes. You're like, no, I know I need to lift weights. So you go to like a boot camp. You're like, I'm lifting weights. Yep. But there's a difference. And so that's one thing I try and, and help women and well, people understand let's be able to track our progress. So what does that look like for you? Like, tell us about tracking. Why is that important? <laughs> yeah. So with tracking, uh, the reason that number one, I feel like it's so important is because it gives you very measurable, specific, I feel like I'm about to run through the dreaded smart goals. Um, it gives you very specific, measurable things that you can repeat. And you can say to yourself, yes, I was able to make progress here. Mm -hmm. And I think that when it comes to tracking too, something that uh, comes up pretty often too, is some folks will immediately think from a training perspective, that only means I was able to lift heavier. Mm -hmm. So from week one to two to three to four, I've, I should be able to lift 
five more pounds every single week. So that's that may be where they're coming from. And I'm certainly not here to say that that's wrong. What I'm here to say is there's there are also other ways to track. So opening up that that book of what's trackable, I also want to identify, hey, you know, what, what did your time under tension look like? So we may play around with eccentrics. We may play around with pauses. We may play around with more explosion. Like that's different by neurotype. There are some neurotypes that really thrive on more of a, um, an athletic kind of piece to certain things. So you build in some explosion. So they notice, Hey, I was able to jump a little bit higher this time, or I was able to come out of the hole in that squat a little bit with a little bit more explosion. In order to do that, though, you have to repeat some of the movements. Like you got to repeat something. So uh, ensuring that there are at least, so for me, I ensure that there are at least two, at least two repeating portions to your program for a certain amount of time, depending on what that training block is, so that we can track that. And then there's some neurotypes that really love structure. So they legit, we can keep that program the same for like, three months and they absolutely love it, but we just tweak maybe a pause or a hold or the eccentrics. There are other neurotypes where by the time you get to week three, they're like, yo, it's, uh, we really need something different. So we may change some of the methodology, but we keep the exercise selection the same for a couple movements. And then we change some of the other ones. So uh, again, back to your original uh, point though, there needs to be some sort of repetition in order to uh, be able to track it. So I understand that it's, you know, it's way more fun to do muscle confusion or whatever they're calling it these days. At the end of the day, though, you're not going to be able to truly track something if you don't repeat what that thing is. No. And, you know, also, I know we all think we like that variety, but it, to me, I love going in and knowing like, okay, it's the fourth week of this program. I know what I'm doing. I don't need to know, think about it quite so much. I mean, I'll think about it while I'm training, but it's not like I need to know where I'm going, so much weight, what I'm using. For example, I actually just finished up an eight week program um, on Sunday, but I'm going on vacation in a, two weeks. So ne- at the end of next week, I don't want to change programs right now. So I'm going to stick with that program for another two weeks. I know it's effective and it's just one less thing to worry about when we all have so many other things to focus on. I know I can push my limits. So if you haven't come around to this idea yet, it's so cool to watch yourself progress. Yeah, I think that's also on, I, I don't know, some people are going to hate this. And that what is that like the, the trend? What's something that you say somebody's oh, going to yeah. hate? I think first coaches have to look in the mirror before looking out the window. And I've definitely been that coach before who has been in the, in the, personal trainer when I was doing in-person stuff that was like, man, in order to keep, keep these clients, I've got to switch it up. I got to. And then I, I came around and realized that I was getting frustrated because I'm like, I, I know they're making progress, but I just can't quite quantify it for them. And what I realized is I was writing a program that just kept changing things up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think you know, if there's any coaches that that are listening, it is one of those things where you are allowed to learn and you're allowed to grow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I definitely, when I first started out, thought, well, you know, as long as I've got 30 something people attending my class, then I'm just going to keep, keep doing what I'm doing. And then I realized that I wasn't getting them the results that they could get and noticed a, excuse me, a massive difference when I really changed my mindset on that. Oh my gosh. If we could, if we could turn back time. 
Yeah. I know my goal was, I was, I was like, just make it as hard as possible. Kylie, just make it as hard as possible. Mm, That was my MO. I mean, of course they expected to change every single week, but right looking back i'm just like tisk tisk yeah you know i think the the thing that i don't regret because it is it, it's all part of the learning process but i'm really blessed because i've got a lot of those same people there with me so even back in the day i mean i've i've used a much more structured system now but i remember when i first started out i mean it was sending workouts through facebook messenger and all sorts of oh there's some stuff where I look back, I'm like, dude, there was you, a like, we have to this. go through those things. Like, there's no Correct. way you would be here now if you had not done that. Right. And you know, this right. is not part of our conversation. This is not your, our, either of ours first career, nor our Correct. only Correct. people who are like, if you're trying to make a switch, you just have to start doing it. You're not going to do it perfectly right out the gate. So just start. Yeah. And I think I'd be almost a bit more suspicious of a coach who has not shown some sort of adjustment transition or anything and how they do things throughout the, the length of time that I've worked with them. Like even my, like my nutrition coach, and yes, I am a coach who has a coach. So even my nutrition coach who I've been with, um, gosh, I've been with her for about a year and a half now. And you know, she has changed a few things that she does and Mm -hmm. she's adapted as I've adapted too. But I think the important thing is that there is always some sort of a foundation and a structure. And that typically has to do with that person's values, their character, their mindset, things like that. So those are things that have not changed, but my modalities and different things like that have definitely evolved throughout the years. Oh my gosh. I love hearing you say that too. And that's a really great thing. Again, for people listening, if you are looking for someone look for the people who are growing and changing. It's not that we, you know, totally changing our mind or methodology. We're just learning more. You know, you know better and you do better. My Angelou, that's, that's how we do this. Mm. I know I used to yep. think about how I used to start people. The other thing, um, <laughs> I would drop calories pretty low, pretty fast, you know, cause I wanted those mm. results. Won't ever do that anymore. Live and learn. Right. Yeah. When you know better, you do better. So exactly. Yeah. Oh, with the neurotyping, I mean, you've already talked a lot about mindset. Why is it so important to not ignore the mindset side of things as you're working on yourself physically? Yeah, so I've, I've tried to think of a, a succinct analogy for this, and I'm still still working on it, so still kind of workshopping on it. One of the first things that comes to mind is when you think of something like a house, like you can change the paint color, you can change the fixtures on the outside, you can do all sorts of things. And that's kind of how I look at uh, some of the different modalities when it comes to training and nutrition and things like that. But if you're, you know, if you're getting ready to sell a house or whatever it might be, you can do all this stuff on the outside. Mm -hmm. But buyers who really know what they're doing are going to pay attention to what's, what's at the foundation, what's on the inside you know, the house inspection, whatever it might be. It's a terrible analogy because I'm not in real estate. Um, But I think about mindset that way. So I think training and nutrition are, you know, they can be the furniture, they can be the paint, whatever it may be. The mindset is what's at the foundation. And over the years of experience that I've had from the beginning up until now, and I'm sure I, there are only a few things that I will like 100% guarantee this is one of them. I guarantee that mindset will continue to be the most important thing because there's going to come a day where you, where 
someone is not motivated, there's going to come a day where the perfectly laid out plan completely went to hell. Like it's all gone. And every parent has had the day that they felt like, okay, I, I know what's going to happen today. And then one of your kids busted in the room, like <laughs> hold my milk, you know, whatever it might be. So at the end of the day, I feel like the more and more that you can do to develop a mindset that supports resilience. And, you know, my big thing is like adjustments over excuses, then you, you put yourself in position to be able to then execute the training strategy, the nutrition strategy, the sleep strategy, the recovery strategy, whatever that thing may be, your mindset is what's at the base of it. Because I have worked with folks who were ridiculously compliant. I mean, fantastically compliant, but I could just tell that they were still thinking that the magic was in this particular exercise program. And they weren't giving themselves credit for some of the things that they were starting to do, like the excuses that they were starting to not make and, and the changes that they were making. So at the end of the day, the mindset piece, I still think is going to be the most important because it benefits you well outside of your training program. And I'm sure that you, you know, I've, I've seen some of the things that you've posted in the feedback about your community. It, I think you would agree with me that many times the most fulfilling wins that we see have nothing to do with, I hit my macros or I PR'd my lift. Those things are simply tools and vehicles that we are using to try and help somebody just really shift their mindset to understanding that they have the power to do what they, what they want to do. I agree with you. And, you know, it's, it's such a, maybe a gift that I do think that nutrition and fitness are an excellent tool to help you work on your mindset. I mean, they truly do go hand in hand, especially all of it, but nutrition is such a tangled relationship because you truly do have a relationship with food. And if it's, it's not a healthy relationship, well, that's in your mind. Um, Training is a little bit different. I feel like, cause it's either and correct me. Well, I don't know what your thoughts are. People have trouble with consistency and then they have trouble with, um, overdoing it. So here's, I was, oh, it's so funny that you said this and I'm, I'm not surprised that you're kind of in my head. I was recently having a conversation with one of my clients and all they kept talking about was I've got a consistency problem. I know I've got a consistency problem. And I said, so what if I were to tell you that that's BS, you don't have a consistency problem at all. Like, what do you No, Clearly I have a consistency problem. Cause I, you know, I know what I need to do, but then I don't do it. I'm like, you, you don't have a consistency problem. You consistently are deciding to not do this thing. So let's be more specific. And again, this, well, not again, but let me throw out the disclaimer that this is one of the benefits of when you get to know people, Yeah, you can have, okay. So you can have those conversations like that because you build a connection of, which is really important in coaching. But what we talked about is you've, you have an ability to be consistent over X amount of time. There are consistent habits that you have now. Are they the habits that are leading to the result that you want? No but you have an ability to be consistent. So let's stop talking about the fact that you need to be more consistent. Let's start talking about what are the things that you do consistently? What motivates you to do those things? What inspires you to do those things more? And then peel back another layer. Let's go James Clear. What systems do you have in place that are currently supporting those things that you're consistently doing? 
even though they're quote unquote bad, like you decided that they're bad, but what systems do you have in place? Can we make some tweaks to the system that is currently allowing you to consistently do the thing that you know is not benefiting you? Because that's one of the ways that I try to work with people is I, I am not trying to get you to be different than who you are. Yeah. Because I feel like that's just going to be a fight right off the bat. This goes to the sales thing. Like, I'm not trying to sell you this specific product. Mm -hmm. If that's not the product that you want, talk to me about what your needs are, what's your scenario, mm -hmm. and then let's work with that. So I find that I can usually get better buy-in when I acknowledge, like, listen, you can be consistent. Let's let so let's yeah. just put that aside. Like you've been consistently in the wrong direction this. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So I I mean I get it because I also say to people, like you've really got to focus on consistency, but there comes a time where it's like, no, you you definitely have the ability to be consistent. Like I had a client who smoked after every workout. Like they got that was their post work, that was their post-workout routine. After they were done. Yeah. After they were done with their workout, they got home and they smoked a cigarette before going on with the rest of their day. And I was like, okay, fantastic. Not, not a great habit, but fantastic. You know how to be consistent. So that's not your issue. Now let's see what we can potentially replace with that with. So extreme example, but you know, right. But I love it so much. That's yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I mean, at the time, I don't know that I was really amused, but <laughs> So I was like, yo, could you have told me about that a while back? But yeah. I just imagine like cracking open a, a regular Coke, not a Diet Coke and a cigarette. That was a great yeah. workout, JK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But again, you know, those things take time. You got to yeah. connect with people so that you could take time to finally uncover that. And then when you uncover that, you're like, oh, gotcha. So this has nothing to do with your back squat, your deadlift or your bench press. Like, can, can we talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and speaking of, so since we do probably, it sounds like we work with pretty similar people. Um, I call my people like these high performers. And one of the hardest parts about being a high performer is oftentimes you hold yourself to a higher standard and that's okay because typically you can perform at that level. Sometimes it's not in your best interest to do that. So finding this line of, I like to say no one to hold them, no one to fold them. You were talking about, you know, when to push harder, when to tread water. What's your take on that? And how can you talk about that? Yeah. So um, let's, let's use like the foundation of somebody that I know we're both very fond of, Eric ah, Thomas, yes. right? Yeah. E.T. the hip hop preacher. Um, so there are like, there, I can't go a day probably without listening to something that he's put out for like over, over a decade, if not longer. And his message is something that resonates with me on a, on so many different levels that it, it like almost will make me emotional. It, it just, it works on so many different levels. Mm -hmm. There is a time though, where the, you know, compete every day, be the dog, hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind is not necessarily going to be what will benefit me that day. Mm -hmm. But I also, based on my personality type, I am someone who thrives on hustle, grind, chaos. Like I can be the calm in the storm because I'm like, ooh, bring the chaos. Like that's mm -hmm. what that's what I'm all about. So what I've had to learn 
and what I work with other folks who tend to be those high performers. And I do work with a lot of those folks. Like usually my conversations are not centered around, you're really not doing enough. Right. It's usually centered around, it's, you got to chill. Like you got to bring it back, like dial it back. But sometimes people hear dial it back, like, okay, I need you to replace that heavy lifting session with, you know, walking or something. And they're just not going to buy into that. So what I do is I try to look at, let's, if we know that you really thrive on the high performance and pieces like that, let's peel back the layer of what allows you to perform that way. And when we peel back those layers and we look at the, what's at their structure. So what are the things that you're doing in order to prepare yourself to be able to push? Mm -hmm. Then we start looking at when can we purposely program in those I call them kind of those impl those increments of pushing, those increments of grind it out, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. versus you've, you're just feeling like you got to do this all the time. So what I will do is I get an understanding for what's going on at work, what's going on at home. Like if we, if we both can acknowledge like there's a decent amount of chaos that's happening, then what we're going to do is for the next two to three weeks, like let's make this tweak to your program and we're going to use this as you're building the, you're putting more and more into your battery. Yeah. So don't worry, it's coming. And it's kind of like, if I were to use the, the visual of you've got like a, a dog that's just like ready to like jump out of the cage. I'm like, listen, I'm not telling you like, we're never going to jump out of the cage, but let's like build up some energy. So you, you kind of ramp it up. You give them something to look forward to. Because I think one of the most difficult things is to tell a high performer, I need you to take X amount of time off. Mm -hmm. So I don't even call them rest days anymore. I call them recharge days. They're the same concept. Yeah. But for my really like, you know, the know when to fold them, know when to hold, they don't know when to, yeah. when to back off. So I say, we're going to call these recharge days. Mm -hmm. And the more you can nail that recharge day. So I really challenge them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how hard can you recover? Like you can't recover better than me, you know, like, so I really challenge them, like recharged harder. And then I want you to go all out this session that's coming up in three, four days, like that sort of a thing. Um, we also talk quite a bit about stress management yeah. and the fact that stress, you know, I'm a believer that I, I, I will go ahead and just give it to the folks that you're, you may not be able to eliminate the stress. I want you to be able to figure out, like, I kind of feel like stress is a backpack and sometimes it's heavier and sometimes it's lighter. Mm -hmm. So as you're walking with it, what I want to do is I want to improve your posture. I want you to be able to carry it a bit better. Um, then it won't feel quite as heavy mm -hmm. and working through that. And then we start to talk about, you know, when you get into, uh, you know, a fat loss phase or whatever it might be, the differences in your training during a fat loss phase some people are kind of surprised to hear me say this, but I'm like, it's, it's not radically different. What I care most about, I just, just was talking to somebody about this. What's your plan for how you're going to handle stress? What's your plan for how you're going to get that bedtime routine under control? That's how we'll know we're ready to go into this particular phase. I'm not about to layer stress on top of stress on top of more stress through your program. So long story short, I can be, I can ramble. Um, it comes back to with folks that are really high performers, I'll work with that. Let's just be really purposeful about when we go all out so that you can perform better when you do go all out. Cause you can go all out with a 50% battery if you want to, 
but it's going to suck. How about we go all out with at least an 80% battery? How much better will you perform? So you, you got to be able to tell them there will be a time to grind. I think that's the key. Absolutely. You need t-shirts that say recharge harder. Deal. (laughs) We'll we'll meet up and head to shark tank like tomorrow. (laughs) We're on. I know. I think what's so hard I swear, and maybe it's just me being self-conscious. I still think people don't understand how important that backpack, being able to carry your backpack of stress is. Like it truly is the sleep and the the morning routines and, and all of these things that are going to help you have a successful fat loss phase, not just you hitting your macros because you can hit your macros all day, every day. But if you're a stress ball, nada, nothing's going to happen. Well, I think that, from my perspective, that's because we don't typically, and I say we, like me as a coach or, you know, just society in general, we don't typically use those as our success stories. Yeah. I know that you're different, you're different and I'm different. And probably most of the people that we associate with are different, Yeah, but we don't like, that's not the thing that's going to get the double tap on Instagram. It's not going to, the thing that's going to get saved and shared and liked and whatever it may be. So I think that the more that we can try to change that narrative with the people that we work with, then the more you'll see that start to become the thing. But at the, you know, I think that there's a conversation to be had there because what attracts people is seeing the highlight reel. Like even when you see like the, you know, on YouTube, like the, what I do in a day. Oh yeah. That's not really, I, I would prefer for that thing to be 24 hours long Yeah. and, and let's like truly see the average person, what they do in a day. Um, I think that's, you know, let's go back to Eric Thomas, you know, like a lot of people have become familiar with him over the last few years. I remember watching his first, thank God it's Monday video. And it was, I mean, the production was terrible. Mm-hmm. He was on a bridge, I think somewhere near like a lake at like Cedar river, Michigan state or something. And it was, just, I mean, the wind was blowing. You could barely hear him. His videographer, Carl, who's now like legit, he was coughing in the background. <laughs> like, it, You know Carl. what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like the things that, that happen behind the scenes aren't typically the things that, that get the most attention. Yeah. So I think that I think that also we are part of changing that narrative. So I, you know, I posted out this quite a while ago, when you see somebody who has like the really super sexy results, mm-hmm. instead of asking, what's your diet? Cause you'll always see that. What's your diet? Let's flip it. What's your sleep routine look like? Oh yeah. Like that, just starting to flip those particular things. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what's your training look like? Well, that's one thing, but how many times a week do you train? What if that person tells you three, you're not going to believe him. You're going to scroll by and you're going to go to something else. Huh. Right. So, you know, that I think that there's, there's a piece that we can do to try and change that narrative um, and highlight those things more. So that's something I try to hold myself to mm-hmm. for a while. I did this series called part of the plan mm-hmm. and it wasn't about like, you know, showing somebody looking what we're going to call traditionally sexy. It was my clients who have a family who have friends that went on vacation. It was just called part of the plan and then communicating, Hey, this is what our communication looks like. This is how this person balances all or has some harmony between all the different things they do. So I think the more that we can take the responsibility of educating Mm -hmm. people on what's really happening behind the scenes, then we change one person. That one person changes another. And that's how the ripple effect kind of 
kind of starts. I agree. Think. You know, I think about this every single time um, I make a, a reel that is, you know, controversial, meaning I talk shit about either keto or fasting and then trolls, those are from, the both best. Those, yes, <laughs> trolls from both of those side, like come out. And it's like, right. those voices are so loud mm-hmm. that we, we have to continue to spread our message one person at a time. Otherwise, people yeah. are going to get bamboozled. Yeah. I think that one of the, you know, I'm, I'm a person just like everybody else. And as much as I would love to think that I can, you know, just kind of like blinders on, do my own thing. I, my cup gets filled when I have somebody who has known me or followed me, whatever it may be for a while, finally reach out and say, Hey, I've followed you for a while. And it seems like you you're still doing the same stuff that you've been doing for like two years, three years, four years, five years, or people that were doing my in-person classes. You seem to be doing the same thing for the past seven to eight years. It's the same message. How do you stick to it? Like I stick to it because people like you reach out to me and you say that you've noticed I'm still doing the same thing. So I've traveled down the same highway for as long as I know. I occasionally get off at the exit and go do some sightseeing and whatnot. But I'm always going to come back to pretty much the same things because I just know that that has benefited me. So even when it comes to training, like I'm going to train the same movement patterns, push, pull, hinge, squat, overhead press. I'm going to train the same things. And by having that sort of discipline, I can have hella flexibility off of those things. I think that's, that's really the piece that that will continue to win the long game. I'm all about the long game. Yeah, that's why we're the same person. Yeah. I wish you guys could see how much how we are twins right now. I'll put this one on YouTube so everyone can see how you and I are so alike. I'm, but yeah, it I confuse agree. us, like, you know. Yeah, James Clear. You, I mean, we just have to stay in the game. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we do that? We have to do sustainable things and we push past the boredom. My things are yeah. boring. Your things are boring. If you if you spend a day with me, you'd be bored out of your gourd, right? <laughs> Nothing exciting yeah. going on. I remember hearing uh, hearing somebody say that about a reporter who went to go watch the New England Patriots pack practice, I think it was. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, I can't remember what podcast. I, I like to give people credit for when I hear certain things, yeah. uh, but I can't remember for the life of me this one. Uh, but a, it was a reporter for ESPN that was going to do a very in-depth story or write a book, something like that, on the New England Patriots. And at the time, they had that that very sustained success, right? Mm. And everybody wanted to know, what's the secret? Like, what did you see? And the dude said, it was one of the most boring things ever. They ran the same play over and over. They did the same drills over and over. And I was just talking to my son about this. Uh Like my son is nine. He's a massive sports fan. Like Uh the kid can tell you the score of every game that's going on, like at all times, all that stuff. And we were talking about something and I said, Mace, his name's Mason. And I just said, Mace, don't you think it's interesting that you know what play they're about to run. So he loves sports and he plays Madden on mm-hmm. um, the PlayStation. And when he plays other people online, he knows what play they're going to run. He's memorized every play. It's crazy. I think we're still related though, but yeah. <laughs> so he knows what play they're going to run. And what frustrates him so much is the fact that even though he knows what play they're going to run, sometimes they'll still beat him. And of course he'll blame it on the controller or something like that. But I told him like, dude, that's the, 
that's the key is that person runs that same play. And even though you know it, they have just done it longer. So they know how to execute better. So I'm like, the more like, buddy, you don't need to switch it up every single time. Keep doing what you're doing because you're getting better Mm -hmm. at what you do. And I think that 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 consistency, I used to call it like with my employees, I used to tell them, you just got to keep chipping away at the rock. Like we would walk by each other and I just go chip, chip, just Mm -hmm. chip, chip. And so you just keep chipping away and eventually you get there. But you've got to have an environment around you that supports that. You got to have people around you. You, Yeah. And I know you know know this from your story. Yeah. Well, we should talk about that in our next episode because we have to do another one. We have to. We we really do. Deal. Um, Gosh, this is so great, JK. Where can we find you? I am on Instagram at Coach JK underscore the muscle feed. That is the most consistent place to find me. Okay, perfect. Clearly, you guys can see he's a wealth of knowledge. And like I said, I love talking to adults. You know, I refer to adults as anyone over 40. Um, we have Check. time is on our side. Yeah. You know, you have to go through that period of your 20s and your 30s to learn all the things and experience it. But then when you're 40, you just, I don't know, I feel like you have some perspective. I'll probably think I'm a kid when I turn 50. I'm like, oh my God, Kylie, when you were 40, remember? Yeah, that also cracks me up when my nine-year-old son says, yeah, dad, back when I was a kid, I'm like, all right, all right, dude. <laughs> oh my gosh, amazing. <laughs> Whatever works for you, yeah. He's oh, awesome. this is so funny. But as we wrap up, we have to tell everyone. So JK and I don't know each other in real life. We just know each right. other from Instagram and, and the internet. But he and I are connected to, so Joy Parrish, who has been on my podcast and on his um she has her own podcast. It used to be Girls Gone Wad. Now it's Joy and Claire. And then also I used to work with someone in my previous life, Kate Bart. Yeah. And you went to college crazy. with Kate. It's, it is, yeah, it's crazy the, um, the connections that we have. And I bet if we really, really dug into it, we would probably end up having more. Like, it's just, it's very interesting. And like I told you, and I don't think we mentioned it yet, why this comes full circle for me is that when I first, first got into training people online, mm-hmm. I found it very hard to find demos that I could use. And when I was looking for demos and I specifically wanted females mm-hmm. because I had all female clientele. And at the time, the, the first demos that popped up, do you remember Scott Herman? Yes, they still the pop only, up. First. Yes. yes. <laughs> it was the only thing that popped up. And I was like, I I need to find females because I also was working with a few folks that were kind of like newer to lifting weights and being in the gym and yours were the first ones that popped up. And this is quite a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, it would have been seven years ago, 2015. Yeah. It was a while back. So yeah, I just really appreciate the opportunity to, to finally connect because without knowing it, you've actually, you're, you've been a part of building my business. So thank you. Appreciate that. Oh my God. I love it so much. Yeah. Connection. It's my favorite thing. I mean, you know, my, my mother-in-law and jokes, like you don't like people. I was like, no, I love people. I love my people. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I know. Well, I will let you go. And seriously, we're going to have to do this again. JK, thank for sure. you for your time. I can't wait to connect more people with you because you're, you're good at what you do. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And again, I'll, I'll continue to support what you do because I think that that messaging, you can't have enough people that are within your circle that will continue to educate 
the client, the consumer, whoever it is, like there's a better way to do things. There's a sustainable way to do things. And the next time that I think you, I don't know if you called her Susan from HR or whatever she is, like whoever, <laughs> the next time that they're telling you about this new cool fad, very fast 800, whatever that they, they're on, it just, you know what, I, I've got somebody who supports what I do and my sustainable approach and I can live the rest of my life and I can be with my family and I can, I can enjoy myself. Yep. And that's what yeah. it's all about. Yep. Awesome. Well, until next time, JK, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode with JK. Make sure you find JK on Instagram. His handle is CoachJK underscore the muscle feed. He's always sharing great workout tips, nutrition tips, and mindset nuggets, just like he shared with us today. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a few stars, whatever you think is appropriate. Share it out with your friends and continue to support the growth of Here's the Deal with Kylie.